welcome back. This is Classroom Brew, the podcast that feels a lot like Teacher Happy Hour, just in podcast form. Uh, for this episode, this is 130-something, and we are going to, in the spirit of social distancing, uh, we still want to bring content and bring more people and their voices to the show, uh, but we are doing this one 100% digitally. So we kind of have a pause, obviously, on in-studio guests right now, uh, but we do a lot of remotes anyways because people are often far away and, to be honest, not really going to travel great distances just for the sake of a podcast. Um, more power to them if they want to, of course. Uh, so on this episode, uh, we have Leo, and I'll, I'll post all his stuff, his uh, handle, uh, if you is okay with that, uh, when we actually do the promo for this episode. Uh, but we've actually been talking on Instagram for a while, and he's a big supporter of the show. Uh, really love hearing from him. Uh, and I don't want to say too much because I want to give him a chance to kind of introduce himself and uh, get used to the podcast space. So for as a quick heads up, the one bad thing about remote recording is that sometimes there's a little bit of delay uh, or lag time, depending on how far it's sending it over. So if you hear a little bit of interference, that's what it is about. Uh, I know I, I validate a, a lot when I talk with people. I say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, uh, because that's just, it's a habit. Like I'm, I'm engaging with what they're saying. I'm actively listening. Uh, so sometimes it cuts out the audio. I'm going to try to do my best not to do that so much so that it doesn't interfere with what Leo has to say. So uh, without any further ado, uh, let's give him a call and then see how this goes. Hey, Leo, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I guess for uh, for your level of comfort, of course, with anonymity, uh, a little bit of background, uh, where you teach, what you teach. Uh, we'll dive We got a lot going on with all this Corona COVID stuff going on, uh, but a little bit of background for everybody listening in. Sure. So uh, I teach in Wisconsin. I'm a special education teacher. I teach the fourth and fifth grade level. Um, I'm in a, a very nice district. I'm in a, ver- a very good school. Um, this is a change from the beginning of my career when I was working with the rural poor, mm-hmm. which is actually mirrors what happens with urban poor. Um, that was really challenging. That was actually teaching is a late in my career for me. I got my uh, special education license through a program through the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh up here. And they had a program where a, a Adults with a degree, didn't have to be in education, could take a fast track uh, one-year course to get a special education license. You said one year? Did that. Wow. It was it was a one-year program. Yeah, they were really desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but really, is, um, you, you know, you had to already have a degree. It didn't have to be in education, but the part of, part of it was I had been working as a long-term sub in the local school district where I live uh, in the in the off-growing season because there was a period of 10 years where we were growing fruits and vegetables here at the farm that we live on mm-hmm. or farm market and CSA. And then in the wintertime, I was doing long-term subbing. And um, everyone kept saying, everyone was like assuming I was a teacher and kept saying, oh, you know, you really are good at this. And you need to be a teacher. And I'm like, you know, we're doing this farm thing. I have a business. We got it going. This is, you know, the early 2000s. The local food movement is booming. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we went through that whole process. I continued to do the long-term subbing. But then the opportunity came up, like I said, for this program. And without going into the whole long story, you know how in life things kind of just started clicking. And it really worked for us, for me to do this at that time. You know, when everyone was saying, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher, it wasn't ready, you know. I mean, I have to be. I have to want to do it too. <laughs> yeah, you want some investment in that. <laughs> I got right? that license. I started out in this district that I had been long-term subbing, and um, I loved it. 
but like I said, rural poor, a, a lot of the same issues that I think probably you're dealing with, um, with first of all, basic needs not met when they're coming to school, which is starting there and, and from all the rest of the abuse and neglect and mm-hmm. you know, the family structures all over the place, and yeah. crime and so and so is in jail. And did that for three years. It was very, very difficult in special ed, especially working with people who have special needs and special needs outside of the school. Yeah, right, um, right. But then I got an opportunity at a district um, that was, you know, it doesn't really think too, a little backstory. We went through this whole political process up here with the, the Governor Walker taking away the bargaining rights of this teacher union. And things have really changed a lot up here. And so also with the way they structured financing schools a lot of people went from smaller districts to the larger districts as the pay was there and they all actually started recruiting a lot of us sure so i ended up where i am now really love it um but here we are <laughs> the time of a pandemic <laughs> it's all so brand new um and i don't know it's like it's, we're on spring break right now I've had some time to think about what this is going to look like for April, but I don't even know if that's going to be, you know, what I'm thinking is going to be the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, well, and none of us seem to really know what's going on. Like the, we have leaders, we have people that are just first, second, third, fourth, or even veteran teachers that like no one's, it's very unprecedented where this is, especially like, um, you were mentioning that you, you guys are set up with some technology, but even with totally. that infrastructure, people are still like, well, we're not 100% sure what to do yet. But uh, when you found out, like, you, when are you guys closed up to, like, physically closed up till? So we had a, we had a Friday, on a Friday, the governor uh, declared that the schools would be closed the following Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, which is just like week before last. So we had the weekend to think about that, but but they were giving the districts in the state here knowing that many of the rural districts way up north don't have connectivity and things like that and would have to figure out something else. Right. You had Monday and Tuesday to figure it out. But, you know, as the weekend went, as the weekend progressed, it, it was become more and more obvious. This, this is like more serious. And then I'm thinking to myself, why are we all getting together, students and teachers, on Monday? It didn't make any sense. It sounds dangerous. Right. You know, and meanwhile, the toll that weekend was climbing here. At the time, we were just in the 30s of infected people. Now we're, I think, getting we're pushing 600 in oh, just wow. like eight days. But anyways, um, so we we did go back that Monday, and um, we had kids. It was very distracting, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah. No one's um, gonna be focused on that day. No, and we really were focused on preparing the kids to not be in school because we knew. We'd just be there Monday and Tuesday. But I think the district started to think about it. And then on Monday at 2.30, just before school's supposed to end, they make an announcement that the children would not be coming to school the next oh, day. Oh, wow. But that we had to report to school. So we're like, and then, you know, of course, this is, it's very last minute. You know, you're in, you're in class. You get this announcement. Of course, the kids hear it. And they're like, oh, but not really, too, because elementary and some of them. Some of them, you know, they want they want to be there. But in any event, we, that was the end of that day. We came back on Tuesday. We had some emails that we were to stay in our rooms, work on our DLD. That's what we call it. You know, it is the acronym for Digital Learning Days. And um, we need more acronyms. And that's what I. 
yes, we, they said, you know, stay six feet apart from each other, just work in your room, this and that. And, and then it started into being like more emotional than I really was prepared for. Again, like you keep saying, this is new, it's unprecedented. And I started putting together an email to just kind of explain to the parents what Wednesday and Thursday and Friday were going to look like because we had the spring break coming up and I, I wanted to have it just let's do let's focus on the next three days then we have a spring break and then we'll we'll figure out how this is going to look right afterward and I actually was in the email I was getting emotional and it caught me by surprise it really did did you get any parent response was that of, was like surprising or like anyone that was like were they mostly supportive were they well for me, I haven't gotten any response from anybody, especially parents. Uh, but what was the reception like for you know the, your chance to or your opportunity to reach out to them and kind of offer some insight? Fair, I got very positive, like way over the top positive. Okay. One of the emails was complimentary that I literally forwarded to the principal and I said, please put this in my file because it was – I'm a special ed teacher. I deal not just with learning, but also behaviors. The complicated situation with a, with a family and a student that was not going well for the first half of the year and had turned into something more um, successful. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I got things like, you're a blessing <laughs> in the email. Nice. That's oh, it was, nice. That's a good feeling. It was, yeah, it was a very nice feeling. And another parent also was like, you know, hang in there, you know, just keep in contact with us. We understand this is new. And I think that that's, my principal warned us. She said she felt like last, that, you know, last week at the end of the week, we we're going to get a lot of sympathy and support. But as the time goes on, and the kids have been home a while, she's wondering how this is going to really look. Right, you know, and uh, what what we're hearing. I did, I did have a first. I did have first initially, also a frustrated parent who just didn't understand the technology. Um, she actually even contacted administration, who contacted my principal, who got to me, and all it really was is mom didn't know how to use the app and the iPad, and it was a simple thing, but the the iPad the the uh, keyboard wasn't popping up, so you can't do shit. Oh, okay. So um, I, I actually Google, did Google Hangout with her and walked her through it, and she oh, was nice. just so yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's I mean, my pure connection. I feel like I'd be worried because you're really, especially if you're the first point of contact, like good or bad, they're going to come to you first, which I guess that explains, you know, I mean, you've got the good reception at least, but uh, it sounds like she was pretty positive and open to it, especially if you went above and beyond with that. So. That's good. It's a good start. Yes, and I explained to her, I said, this is what I explained to her. I said, you know what? Your daughter is in the IP. And so, you know, the individualized educational plan that I usually do is not really going to be you know, possible. But I said, I want you to understand that what I'm doing now with owning you and doing this meeting is part of her individualized, you know, learning plan. I think we, I said to her, let's, let's continue to do this and try to individualize her learning for, for her. And the months to be into that. So that, that was a good thing. That was a positive thing. Yeah. It probably forces you to get really creative too with your IEPs. Like if, if you're talking about like the accommodations and you're writing it during a literally hundred percent, we're moving to digital for the foreseeable future. You probably have to get super creative. Uh, what's the expectation though for 
like let, like let's say you're the provider that you're in there for whatever the class is and they have an accommodation for you know an additional three to four minutes every single day how might you adjust that then for this new digital age when we don't know necessarily the technological access Ryan, it's a good question <laughs> I don't really know what they're what we're going to do or what they're going to expect from us because i do have it specific like i have it where i actually have a couple of kids right go into the classroom and support them you know like when you get into a little bit upper grades and maybe you have people come in your room where like the student needs help just taking the notes and being organized and and being able to follow along so i have a student i do that for and i i can't do that and he still has to do that math work that i support him for so what's that looking like at home? And again, like I told you before, we, we're expecting parents to do things that a team of us do for the kids now, right? Um, which, is, which is an issue too for them, but there's really no, nothing we can do. So I'm also a little bit, you know, this is kind of jetting out from the subject, but I'm also waiting for, I don't want to say waiting for, I'm worried that we might also get those fucking teachers aren't working and getting paid and they're really doing nothing. Right. And why are we paying? It is not really learning. Um, you know, that's going to, I hope that doesn't happen, but that's going to be, you know, that would be a, a weird situation at the end if we start getting that. Because oh yeah. What are they going to do? Oh. Well, and like you said, your admin was saying like, Oh yeah, the reception's good right now, but wait till week two and three and four. Yeah. And you're like, Oh God. And again, you're the first line of uh, defense. Yes, and this is another thing too. Your first line of defense point is really interesting. And I'm also learning. I'm not just, you know, it's not just me and the student. It's me and the student and the parent now. Right. And I have to really like parent help the student. And then I really have to help both of them to be able to work together. And then also, you know, there's just now there's an adult in between my students and I. Um, and I'm wondering what that's going to look like. That, that hasn't been anything, but. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're doing lessons, and especially when, when an, a parent walks into a lesson or into a unit, it may not really make sense that little those, that piece or two that you're reading or the activity that you're doing. But, you know, just trust me, it's part of a larger picture of things that <laughs> right, we did. Right, right. Now you got to have this meta conversation with them. Yes, yes. So, um, I mean, maybe I'll go there. I don't know. It, it has not happened yet. Like I told you earlier, I, I just am like thinking about all these things about what this what this is going to look like. It, like we were talking about earlier, is um, what's next year going to look like if we really all are out at the end of the year and all our students missed their last quarter right. the previous year? You do you do history? You're a history teacher. I do social or, studies. Yeah, right. Social studies, yeah. So there'd be parts of the social studies units that you're your seventh grade. Uh, no, I do high school. Or seventh actually. and eighth grade. I've got a uh, high school tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Mostly ten. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're going to have kids who didn't have exposure. I mean, do your students have exposure to some of the stuff that you end up picking up in the beginning of the year? Do they have that at the end of the quarter? You mean like skill-based or like resource-based? Like, well, probably both, but probably mostly like skill-based and what you're looking for them to do when they begin the following year. Those are the things I'm thinking about. Are they going to really just be ready? Right. Well, and especially because most of them, like my current group, 
of, uh, let's just take the sophomores for, for example, every year it feels like they're getting yeah. further and further behind. So like I, the, my first group of sophomores that I had when I first started teaching, they could all write, they were just lazy. Then my second group, they were hard workers, but they kind of struggle with writing. Now this year's group, they struggle with reading and writing. So it's like, I'm just like, I'm going all the way back. Like you, you asked the question, like, are you doing like seventh grade? And sometimes it feels like I'm doing fifth grade, sixth grade stuff. Cause they're just so low, which is scary because, reading. well, and now that first, that first group of sophomores I had, they're graduating this year. So it's like, well, they're, they lost out because this is our second work stoppage that we've had. We lost uh, almost a month because of the, the strike and now we're losing it because of COVID. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. This is not a good year. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, it's. It, and I remember you saying too, you have a lot of students who actually really probably should qualify for special ed, but oh, are yeah. not for some reason. If there any other, any other school or any other district, they would for sure be in SPED classes or at least co-taught classes, but... For our kid, for our group, that's there in like honors classes, like truly, like that's the the curve we have. That's really hard. That's hard for you because it just, it, like you said, it slows you down. It slows you down. You have to, if you have, if they're reading at you know seven, seven six, seventh grade levels, it's gonna slow you down. Right. Exactly. Well, writing is yeah. Oh yeah, writing is the the hardest thing to teach, especially because for us it just comes second nature because we've been doing it for you know our degree and our advanced degrees and yeah. then licensing programs and all that. So when you have to sit down, especially cause I'm not English now, granted I'm pretty good at teaching reading and writing, but that's not necessarily my focus. So trying to like quantify right. it and move to a level that I'm only certified six to 12, but I've got to go back to like second, third, fourth grade stuff to be like, here's what a paragraph is. Like that's way out of my comfort zone. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is really tough. At every level, we we talk about it all the time. The curriculum that we use, we really kind of don't like. Um, and like, and I and I agree with what you said. You know, I write IEPs, I write things for school all the time. It it, it really does come naturally to me. But another theory that I have is, and you probably don't know this because you're in the upper, the secondary level, but we have taken all the fun, all the creativity out of the elementary level. I mean, mm. it is hardcore academics there is no cutting there's no gluing i mean seriously there is not they do it in art but that's it so we have situations where we have like fifth graders who can barely cut and i'm not kidding but the thing is writing is my point is the writing is a creative process and we are not really nurturing creativity right in school is i think that we even more than we less than we did in the past it is creative. It, you, you, and um, kids are just baffled by it. They're, they're, the first thing that gets them is just, what am I going to write about? And then what is the order I'm going to be? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's all like evidence-based claims and stuff like that, which like you should be doing in high school, but they're starting to do it earlier. But I'm not sure why it's breaking down. Or like for my high schoolers, I've had them do like alternatives to writing. Like let's do like I have a bunch of like color pencils and markers in a bin with some paper. And it's like, hey, let's do something where we're you know, creating with art and not, not my focus, but I want to give them that outlet. And they're like, oh man, this is like some kindergarten stuff, which is weird because I would almost think they would say, oh no, that's like a third or fourth grade thing, but because it's not happening at that level anymore, like you said, it's now all academics, academic, academics. It's like, there's nothing for the, the creative outlet that's going to still help them 
you know, retain that information, process it, synthesize it, and it's it's all gone at that level. Right, exactly. And and and, and then when you pull in that creativity uh, to your lessons in the classroom, that's where they can really make the connection, right. for, especially for something like social studies. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, like when I do project stuff too, make, that's like a foreign concept to them at this point. Like they're not used to doing something where like when I did my podcast unit with my U.S. kids. I wanted it at least three to four minutes and they can go over that, of course, where they're just talking about what the process was like or talking about what they liked and disliked. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I just want you to speak freely. They're like, well, do we have to write a script? And I was like, no, I just want you to talk to each other. And they're like, huh? <laughs> it's like, it took like three or four minutes with each group to like break it down. Yes. That's a price to hear that at all. Especially interacting with each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What are you What are you drinking there? I hear the clinking. It's a, It's obviously not a beer. <laughs> Actually, and I forgot too. Um, yeah, I've got. Um, this is my my go to for like the past year now is uh, some rum and mango because I want to feel like I'm on vacation at this point. <laughs> but uh, what, what kind yeah. of beer do you have? I've got a Lagunitas IPA right now. Okay, right on, right on. I think um, yeah. Paul France was big into that actually because uh, you you mentioned the post with Paul France too, but he was big on uh, IPAs and Lagunitas and stuff like that. Of course, you might listen to this and be like, no, I'm not, Ryan, but we'll see. So I guess, <laughs> so I guess back to, cause you know, if you're also doing case managing stuff with writing like service provider stuff for writing IEPs, what's the expectation with your deadlines? Like I had an IEP meeting that I was going to attend because we do that as gen ed teachers as well. And I had like three that were supposed to happen in the past week. And like when we found out we were like, closed or canceled i was like i put maybe on all my google calendar things because like I, we might be back by then but now they've come and gone so as someone that's you know writing the iep what's the expectation for you with that deadline i, I have to keep the date and stick to the deadline and i have to have the meeting as if we were in school but i'll have to do it through uh, google hangout and like i said earlier you know at the time i thought you know if i have a parent who's a little bit leery of the technology maybe i'll go to the app building and sit with them with my laptop and meet with all the other people but i don't think that's going to be possible but we were told immediately like before we were even out of the school like i told you we were there that monday or tuesday was you stick with the deadlines the dates just go do it as as usual and use google uh google hangouts Wow. That's and so that's what I'm going to do now. I haven't had one yet. I've been practicing them just to make sure, like, I've got it all down, like, pulling the document up and stuff. I don't know if you ever use Google Hangout. Um, it's, it's pretty user-friendly. Okay. Um, that's good. It's comfortable. But, um, yes, it's very easy. And I can actually, it is nice. You can pull a document out. Everyone can see it. I can talk through the IP and things like that. But it's, we are to, we are to comply with the date and, they, they said that they didn't want to get into any legal trouble right. with IEPs uh, expiring or, yes, it, you are legally, the, the, the general ed teacher is supposed to be at the meeting. So if you were not, I wonder if they went ahead with it and just made an exception. You didn't hear anything though? No, I got nothing. Uh, and usually it, it's someone that's really on top of stuff too, but I haven't heard anything. So I'd like, it was supposed to be a few days ago. Um, and yeah, I haven't heard anything, but you were mentioning too, like th there's also the issue of like HIPAA privacy related stuff. So like, yes, we have this deadline, but how secure and 
I don't think either of us know the answer to that, but how secure is this system if we're talking about, you know, like we're using all like stuff that's confidential that can't be like left on a table and now it's being opened up to like a webcam over the internet. Right. Yes. And I think that is part of that. I think that they're looking at that now uh, our distributors and, uh, you know, I'm just waiting to hear it's some direction, something new. I, I feel like the, some of the directives should have changed because we have, this new order where we really are not supposed to leave the house. So that should be able to make things, I don't know, more, more doable, but that doesn't really change the law. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I have not heard anything. I have not heard anything, but what you're talking about is, is a really big, is a really big issue for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I guess as a nice way to kind of wrap up, you, you mentioned that you saw a post from Paul France. And so, well, actually, do you want to you want to tell us a little bit about the the post? Because he, he posts a lot of great stuff. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, I'm I still I want him to start his own podcast as well because I think he's got a lot to offer. Uh, but what was that post that it yeah, spoke think, to you? Um, well, there was one small one first that I saw where he started with before anyone was um, stay stay TF home, <laughs> which is really funny because. <laughs> People were not getting it. I mean, people still are not getting the stay-at-home thing. Right. But um, that was really funny. What he said is you don't have to know what you're doing. And, and and that is how I felt last week when I had the three days of the digital learning because there were glitches, you know, with the, with the technology. And I wasn't really sure, you know, through email, how to really help someone who doesn't even really know how to use the technology. And... Um, it, it, it just was really not making me feel good as a teacher. I did not feel like I knew what I was doing. And, and I don't usually feel like that. Do you? Oh, God, <laughs> I mean, no, you no. usually feel like that at school? <laughs> and I'm, I'm only in year three, and yeah. I already have my own groove that I've got going on. But it's, it's almost like, like you mentioned, yeah. you did a, a one-year teacher prep program. This is basically like learning to teach. Like you're self-teaching yourself in less than like one day to get ready for this whole new format where it's like, we're all, none of us have really done this. Like maybe there's a handful that have blended learning, but we're all first year teachers in this instance. I really think so. And, 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 and that kind of just, you know, I happened to see that when he posted that right when I was just, you know, scrolling through it, not good. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. And, and everyone else is like this. And, and we don't all, you know, we're not all connecting as much as we're all in the same building. So we can't really be, you know, sometimes just going down the hall to find out that someone else also really is struggling with something too and has the same issue. You thought you were the only one and it makes you, you know, then you can talk about it and it just gives you some sort of comfort and, yeah. and that collaboration really support you. But, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of days where I'm just here. I mean, literally way out here in the middle of 65 acres, Wisconsin, <laughs> and I've got my laptop and my phone and, my lessons and I'm ready to go and just see what happens. Yeah. I'm just going to try my, and, and I am uh, uh, well actually doing this with you is part of me branching out and doing something new that I never uh, did before. Cause I know we kind of talked about doing this in the past and um, not that I wasn't really up for it, but you know, it's like, well, I don't have a lot of time type of the thing. Right. We can't say I don't have time anymore. That's not an excuse. <laughs> You weren't so busy. <laughs> of course, you've got a lot more on your plate with IEPs, um, but but like you said, we're just we're all just trying to do our best and 
do something to make some sort of an impact so we're not just dead in the water. Yes, I think that we all get to try and make our, our best effort and then just write this write this year off as what it is <laughs> and then we'll get right back. You know, next year I think, you know, I, I mean, we don't know, but I really don't think we're going to still be going through this by September. That would be, that's a whole other level of after. Oh, but I sincerely um, hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine that. Happening, but, um, we do need other states to be closing down. I think that, you know, there's, why Texas and Florida are not shut down. Not, I shouldn't say shut down, but stay at home. Right. How many are right now? Like, how many are stay at home at this point? I think I think I want to say, you know, um, I want to say 30. I've heard 30. Okay. I recognize that a lot of the states, this is just, this is not real political, it's a team political. <laughs> you know, the states that closed first were states with Democratic governors. And we still have, you know, especially the most, the six most populous states are California, New York, Illinois, Florida, Texas. Pennsylvania, but all of those are stay-at-home states except for Texas and Florida, hmm. which are just states. I'm so surprised about it. But anyway, <laughs> right, I just right. happened to realize that two Republican-led states <laughs> are still uh, still open for business. <laughs> no surprise. No surprise. Well, and I guess as a nice way to to kind of wrap up, so. Whether we're, we're talking about a COVID closure or just regular, you know, school year where everything's going fine and we're in our classrooms and doing IEPs in person and the buildings aren't closed for deep cleaning, uh, what's like your main reason for for listening to, to Classroom Brew? Because it's like, I, I how did you find it again? I can't remember. You, you sent me like a DM like a while ago, but what makes or what drew you to yeah. it? How'd you find it? Why do you still listen in every so often? So, um, you know, of course, I, 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 I'm from Chicago, and I don't know how, I, I actually don't remember the genesis of realizing, like, that you were from Chicago and what this was. Of course, I like, I love beer. I live in Wisconsin. <laughs> in general, I usually like locally brewed beers, and, um, and, and uh, that I went with the Lagunitas today, but my point is really that um, I have a 40-minute commute, because I live out in the country. My 40-minute commute is nothing like maybe yours if you have one um it's just country roads and i'm right to school but um like i was saying earlier in the conversation i had a situation with a student with behaviors that was did not go well right away and it really kind of knocked me off my rocker because usually it's something that i could get to and fix and it what i was doing wasn't working and i was so so stressed out and you know starting the school year out like that is not good and then um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to quit listening. Well, for someone, I said, I'm going to quit listening to NPR because it makes me angry <laughs> in the car. I need some listening alternative. Like, I'm going to do a podcast. I, you know, I, I do like listening to a lot of news, but I got to get away from that. And I found yours. And I like, I just, you know, and it had that Chicago connection. And I like the, the beer connection. <laughs> and I like, you know, your, your, atti- your attitude and your focus. Even your voice is nice. You know, your voice is to be, you have to have a good do this. I appreciate um, it. And so I listen to it in the car on the way home or on the way to school. And it really helps me out. And it's about school, but then it's not. And it's kind of silly like I am. But then it also, you also bring up a lot of really you know, great, great focuses and subjects that get me thinking. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, that, that's what I, I listened to on the bonus episode, my pilot episode, which was just cringy, but 
that was, I think, when I first started out the whole the whole point. So I'm glad it's it's reaching somebody, which is great. So um Oh no, it is a fair and you're really doing a great job, Frank. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Leo, thanks so much for doing this. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Hopefully it's the first of many. Um, but I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm there with you, even though you're going through a lot. So, you know, let me know if you got to lean on me for a little bit or need someone to vent to, or, you know, want to have the podcast airways for a little bit, because especially for SPED teachers, this is a really stressful time. So just know we're with you and hoping that you make it through and intact (laughs) at that, not just making it through and then barely surviving. I really appreciate you reaching out like that. It's, it's really thoughtful and you probably are going to hear from me. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. Well, Leo, uh, enjoy the rest of your, hopefully it's a somewhat relaxing week. I mean, finish that be your course and we'll go from there. All right. All right, Ryan. Great talking. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So as you guys can see, Leo, he, he's been a serious, like an awesome supporter for the show. Thanks for sticking with the, the audio stuff. It's really hard for me to like not go. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was trying to like, cause we had the video on Skype going, I was just trying to like nod as much as possible and like bite my tongue so it wouldn't interfere with the audio. But it, actually there was only like one or two moments where I think we lost a little bit of uh, what he was saying, which is great. Cause I wanted to hear uh, every single word that he had to say, cause he has an awesome perspective. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I know that this was Uh, kind of a a different episode because it was supposed to be video and I think a lot of you guys were expecting to be a solo episode Uh, but I really I think this was way better even though there was no video for you guys I think I got way more out of it I think you guys will too Uh, so thank you guys for being understanding of that I promise especially if you're a Patreon person we'll have more uh, video episodes coming pretty soon speaking of Patreon uh, if you would like to access that exclusive content we have behind the scenes coverage we have bonus episodes we have bonus audio bonus video episodes i should say and bonus audio episodes uh we also have some custom classroom brew koozies so if you want to rep the podcast on uh your beer or your drink or whatever it may be uh you can get those those are all at patreon.com slash classroom brew uh there's three different tiers as little as one dollar there's also a $4 and $7 tier, but you can read the different perks about all of those. A lot of times I send it to everybody just because I really appreciate you guys supporting the show, uh, regardless of the tier that you're at. So again, patreon.com slash classroom brew. So until next week, guys, I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. And until then, class dismissed. <laughs>